of your pride There's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, you don't try to fly Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we still unbreakable uh, what is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. My name is Ashley Horner. This is a very, very special episode. I'm here with my co-host, John. Say hello to everybody. Hello, and it's, can I say why I'm here? Yeah, why? Yes. Y'all, uh, <laughs> Ashley's birthday's coming up. My so. birthday is coming up, and we're, we're going to do a special show today just for the listeners. We're going to cover a couple topics that you guys really wanted um, me to cover, some questions that you had recently asked. So you're probably like, oh, that voice sounds familiar talking to John. So John was actually on, um, he was a guest on my show two weeks ago. What episode was that? You can go back and look at it. Uh, John is um, the high, high Ground Life. High Ground Life. High Ground Life. It's a leadership uh, company that he owns, um, that he's working with. So if he sounds familiar, that is why, um, I definitely would love to encourage you guys to go back and check out that podcast that him and I did, uh, to get to know him a little bit better and everything that he is doing. But I'm really happy to have you back on the show today. Thank you for joining me at American Brew. Yeah. Thank you for asking me to come on. It's easy to persuade guests to come here when you're local, because I mean, why not? You're at American Brew. Dude, I'm sitting here drinking coffee for free. Why wouldn't I be here? Do you have a favorite thing from like from the brew or, or I, I the forgot food. the name uh, uh-huh. a few weeks ago when I was here it was like bacon eggs in a bowl with quinoa and avocados so oh it's probably know. our uh, morning hash that's exactly what it was we have one now that uh has sweet potatoes mm-hmm. so it's a really good one <laughs> but um yeah so um I am getting ready to have a birthday mm-hmm. and so we're gonna do a special birthday episode um how old are you I will be 34 in April. Oh my and gosh, you're, so you're 34. You, what are you, what are you turning like 23, 24 <laughs> over here or what? Yeah, 25. <laughs> I'm forever 25 and people ask me how old I am. You know, it's it's interesting like I remember I'm about to turn 39 and I remember when I was like in my 20s, I'd be like I would think like, "Oh, like once you get to your 30s, you're going to have all this wisdom and have it figured out." Like you would look at people in their 30s and be like, "Oh, they're like old farts, uh-huh. you know? And then you would get to your thirties and you'd be like, oh, wow, I still kind of feel like I'm, you know, in my twenties. And then you hit 35 and you're like, things really have, you know, have to change. <laughs> I think the experiences that we have, yeah. you know, like cause growth and help us to grow. But, uh, there's like a big part of me that's like, I don't know how I'm it, like how I'm in charge of running the companies that I have, or, you know, it's, um, it's just kind of surreal, you know. I think that every year, um, do you do you when is your birthday? April twelfth. Okay, so you mm-hmm. also have a birthday coming up. I do. So do you? Do you? You know, a lot of people have like the first of the year. January is like mm-hmm. kind of like a New Year's resolution. Yeah. Um, do you do you lean on more like a New Year's resolution for the year, or do you view like your year as like your birthday, like your birthday year? Because both oh. of them are kind of like it's almost like a new chapter, I right? You have mean, a new yeah. chapter of a year, yeah. and then you have a new a new chapter of your birthday, a new yeah. No, that's it. I've never thought about it that way. Like I, I don't do the New Year's resolution thing. Yeah, like, I've typically. never been a big. I feel like you wouldn't, right? Because I mean, you run like millions of miles. So yeah, you can't just wait for January one <laughs> to roll around. Right, I'm not waiting. I'm doing them now. <laughs> but like where I've always been is like. Dude, if you want to do something to grow, just go do it. You don't don't wait on the new year because then if you wait, you're probably not going to do it. Sure. Uh, I've never thought about 
the new year for oneself being around the birthday, but that's really interesting. I do love my birthday and not like a narcissistic way. It's just like when I hear April 12th said out loud, it sounds so much different. Is it like that for you with your sure. birthday? Sure. So, like you hear it with uh, bells. Yep. Um, what is that movie? What is the movie? Um, it's a it's a Christmas movie with the train. Oh, uh, the Tom Hanks one? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Everybody's, Polar Express. Yes, Polar Express where yeah. like – like, you know, you have to, you have to like hear the bells or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. I feel like when you say April 12th, it's like, it comes with like, ding, 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 like, ding, ding. A re- like, like a bell, like <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah. special about that day. Yeah. You know, it is, it always has been like a magical time, but I bet you didn't know this about me. So every year on my birthday, let me guess you run that many miles of the age <laughs> turn. No, no? <laughs> no, that's actually a really good guess though. Um, no, I eat Lucky Charms on my birthday. It's been kind of like this. Have you, did you know, have you? I, I did not know that. Uh-huh. Do you, is that like your lucky thing? Like people eat, eat black eyed peas on New Year's Day? Is <laughs> I, that I guess your? So. <laughs> I don't know. It's something. Um, so I started eating Lucky Charms on my birthday. Okay. So first of all, it's always been my favorite cereal. Oh. And I think um, like maybe, I mean, this has been going on for like over six years. Oh. So it's been like a, it's, real. it's like a real thing. And uh, so every year it's either I would put something out. Last year I did like a special Ashley Horner box and everybody got Lucky Charms in their box. And um, they got all this just like, it was like a bowl of Lucky Charms. I don't know, all this like fun stuff. Um, And then last year I had like, you know, I got a horse trough. Mm -hmm. So I filled the whole thing up with (laughs) Lucky Charms. I'm not joking, John, and milk. And I sat in it eating a bowl of Lucky Charms. <laughs> Wait, did you eat the Lucky the- Charms you were laying in or did you have your own bowl? <laughs> a little bit of both, hey, you know? No wrong answer here. Yeah, just double dipping. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, couldn't let them all go to waste. So, yeah, so every year on my birthday, um, it's just kind of like this. It's just it's kind of turned into this big thing of like eating Lucky Charms on my birthday. And so it's kind of fun because people across like the U.S. will be like, cheers, Ashley. Oh, Happy birthday. And cool. they'll be eating like yeah, a bowl yeah. of Lucky Charms, too. So now that you have kids, which you had for a while, do they mm-hmm. try and get in on the Lucky Charms? And therefore, I'm well, they I feel like they o- they always get Lucky Charms. It's ah. not. So uh, we do keep Lucky Charms in the house. But, yeah, they eat. They'll eat them with me on my special day. So you don't run around but- the house saying they're always after me. Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> They are though. Do That's you, really so funny. Let's get specific here because people need to know. When yeah. you eat Lucky Charms, do mm-hmm. you pick out the cereal pieces and only eat the marshmallow pieces, or do you full full bore, full send all of it? It has to. Every bite has to have at least one marshmallow in it. Wouldn't that be cool if they sold just a box of marshmallows? You know what? We were just talking. I was talking about that with my boys oh, yesterday, really? and I was like, I think that would be gross. It probably would be too much. Because you need you need like both. It's like the yeah. texture of the marshmallow. It's because it's like a freeze-dried marshmallow or right, something. Right. Like how they make those marshmallows, they're like crispy. Yeah. That's, it's really weird because yeah. you, you can't buy marshmallows like that. But yeah. what if they sold the regular box and then and there was, was just, like an ancillary box attached to it so you could make your own <laughs> oh, ratio? Oh, see, hey, now I would like that. Ooh. That would be me having OCD and there. being able to have full control over the exact ratio <laughs> of marshmallows to like the nuggets, the frosted nuggets, whatever those are called. So, I'm just glad I'm on the same wavelength as your boys who yeah. are not adults, and here I am thinking like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know, like um, this year for our uh, I don't really have anything big planned, um, but I don't know. So we'll see. Well, I have a few days to figure it out. 
that's actually a perfect segue because okay. you said you don't have anything planned, but one of the questions that we have in front of us is what is your next big physical challenge? Oh, so my next big, big physical challenge, I'm actually doing the 25 hour spikes canine row. Ooh. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be rowing on a concept two rower mm-hmm. uh, for 25 hours straight for the working canines across the U.S. Oh boy. So the number 25 comes from, there's approximately 25,000 working dogs in the U.S. Wow. And so that's how I came up with that significant number. But where, where are you going to do that at? Here at the oh, brew. here at the brew? Yeah. Just in the parking lot? Yeah. Uh, last year we had this crazy storm that came through and initially we had tents and stuff set up outside. Everything like blew over. And so we had to come upstairs. We brought like six rowers upstairs. Like where we're at right now. Yeah. We know we didn't even come this far. We had them literally oh. like, oh, yeah. like sausaged in like sardines rowers. And we were rowing. I mean, it was so disgusting. Like the smell in here. I bet. Um, but that's going to be kicking off on, uh, we start on St. Patrick's Day. So I believe that's a Friday. Mm-hmm. So Friday to Saturday, it's happening at American Brew. And then we do actually a big after party here. Oh, cool. Um, the uh, the canines come out and do mm-hmm. a demo. Oh, wow. Um, like they do like a, like find the pot of gold, like a, a thing oh, of Lucky Charms. Cool, so yeah. um, <laughs> Lucky so Charms be a, again. Yeah, <laughs> so there'll be like a guy out here in a bite suit. So yeah. they'll do like a little fun canine demo. Like wow. a lot of kids come. Um, we raise money for Spike's Canine. Mm-hmm. We're going to have green beer. I believe we're working with like one of the local breweries here to bring us like some, some local beer. Um, and then, yeah, I have a goal to raise $25,000 for that's cool yeah but other than that I, this is like my fourth year doing it so right right i don't really like get off on it anymore really is that kind of like it, vulgar I mean, to say i mean <laughs> i think if you've done it enough it's no longer big and scary you know what i mean yeah so, for so you, i'm, I'm actually like, trying well we had a meeting last week actually with my team that we we or it was like with the spikes k19 we put we put on the the row together and i was so that was like actually came up i was like guys i got to figure out a way to like make this more challenging for me because I just feel like, and plus everybody's seen me do it. Right. Yep. Nope. I, you know I, what no, I mean? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And, and plus too, like a big reason why I like to do these things, like it's a lot of it's just for personal reasons. Right. Because I like to push myself. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to sit on a rower for 25 hours, like let's make it harder than it was last year. What, Not that it's ever easy, but. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think you could do to make it harder? Um. So last year. Um, strategically, I would row for 50 minutes. I would get off for 10 minutes and then I would get back on the rower again. Um, I think maybe this year, if I could go for either two hours straight Mm -hmm. before I got off for five minutes or 10 minutes, um, or cover a certain amount of distance each time before I would allow myself to get off. But there comes a point where you literally just have no strength to pull. Right. Yeah. Well, no. And what's interesting about what you're saying of trying to make it harder and I'm, I am not knocking marathon runners and things when I say this, but like <laughs> anyone can run for a really long time if you're running super slow, sure. right? The marathon runners are, who are super impressive are the guys who can do it under a certain hour mark. I don't know enough about marathons. <laughs> Have you ever ran time. a marathon? Informally, yes. Uh, so yeah, in, in <laughs> running away from bad guys, <laughs> <laughs> running to them, girl. What you mean? Uh, no, no, no. So like in hell week, I think like the first night you run like 20 miles with a boat on your head, and throughout the week you end up covering over 100. So, so is that on pavement or sand? Both. Up and down, up and down. It's terrible. But have I ever formally registered for a marathon done it? No. But have I covered that distance? Yep. You betcha. And 
I can't believe I'm about to say this for everyone here. I think I would like to do something super sucky like that one day, like beyond a marathon, like ultra style. But mm. I'm probably going to regret saying that on here because you're going to you, convince the people to tell me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, do you see, you mean you see yourself doing, like, you don't want just like a marathon. Like right. you want to do like a 50 miler. Yeah. Anything worth doing is worth overdoing, right? Do they have one every year um, through the Blue Ridge Mountains? Oh, I, cool. it's, I think it is a 50 miler. I did that one. Whoa. One time. This was like this was like right after Otto was born, so it's been like six or seven years ago. But that was a really good one. You talk about like sucky, yeah, because you are climbing. Yeah. And here, like it, it, where we are at in Virginia Beach, there's not it, there's not a whole lot of like no flat as an hour. Yeah, here. yeah. Pre pretty pretty stinking flat. Even though like the Blue Ridge isn't, I mean, it's like a five hour drive. Yeah. Like kind of west ish, mm -hmm. three hours, five hours, you can hit it. Um. How, so how long have you been doing? ridiculous physical things the first thing i did like my my first taste of like doing those crazy things is um i got invited to run the grand canyon rim to rim to rim whoa mm -hmm. what was that mileage do you know uh oh i would have to a look <laughs> yeah this was before i didn't have like good garmin this is yeah. you know i don't even know if garmin was developed enough yet in the right. that software uh -huh. um this had this was 10 years ago oh wow this so was you've been right doing around this for a while yeah like that was my first taste of of doing something like that and it was like it was for a charity thing or we were like wanting to raise awareness for something but um something in me like in that moment like really came alive um I also had to, there was somebody on my team that got hurt. A lot of people like kind of fumbled out and couldn't do the rim to rim to rim. And so really what was left was just like me and four other people. Mm -hmm. One, which was hurt. And I had to carry her pack up the final, I think it was like Angels. Have you, have you been to the Grand Canyon? I know nothing about nothing. the Grand Canyon. Okay. So you make up whatever name and I'll believe you. Yeah. Whatever you call <laughs> so it was Angels, uh, Blackbone Ridge yeah. going up the north side <laughs> over here. Um, but yeah, it just, um, I, that, I think that was kind of like the moment that I was like, wow, I, I really like doing these things. I yeah. liked how I felt. Um, and I realized too, like, even though I was like in pain through that first kind of like endeavor, I was so like focused on like my teammates and yep. wanting to help them out and mm -hmm. like thinking about like the bigger picture yeah. and um, how I felt once I saw that light at the very top, which is what I kept going for. Right. It was like, it like the whole thing just kind of came full circle. I was like, wow, I, I really like this stuff. Like it, it was yeah. scary mm -hmm. for sure. Like we were a part of us where we were surviving in my mind. I was surviving, yeah. even though I was, you know, being positive on the outside. Yeah. I was like, yeah. geez. Yeah. Um, so I think like a lot of things like kind of, I don't know, clicked for me then. Yeah, well, it's funny to hear because like I've, I've heard this from you. I've experienced it. Self-preservation goes to the wayside when you're there for other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, if we were to change that context and say, hey, we just need you to carry an extra 25 pounds up this bridge. Like, what? But when you realize And it would be really heavy. Yeah, and it would suck. Not yeah. to say yours didn't suck, but when you're doing it for someone else, mm -hmm. it is nutty what mm -hmm. the human spirit mm -hmm. can achieve sure. when it understands it's helping sure. someone else. And so on that... Have you have you ever had to carry like a buddy out very um, far? Um, I nothing nothing to the distance like you just said. Uh, but one time in training, we were executing down man drills, and sure. this is you're simulating someone's been shot and they're no longer mobile. So you have to continue the fight, but also get this guy out of wherever you're at. And I carry the, a buddy of mine uh, about a half a mile through a ravine in the desert one time. And yes, I get it was training, but it's nuts even to that level. Sometimes the brain 
has trouble perceiving reality from training type thing. Yeah. And like, I mean, I care about this dude. And so my, my brain was like, Hey dude, you, you're, we're pushing past the pain here and we are going to make sure he gets out of here alive. So it was super cool. Um, yeah. and it's, it's weird though. Cause you can't chase it. Yeah. Like I remember the next night trying to replicate it. Quote, be the hero again. Yeah. But it, it, it's just a thing that comes. Yeah, with it's like a, it's like a, a mindset thing. Yeah. But yeah, I know I know what you're talking about because it, it does seem like whenever I've done these um, long endeavors, there's a common denominator of when I can focus my attention, and it's like the self preservation thing that you were talking about yeah. on somebody else who mm. needs the help. Where I focus my mind and my attention on, like you know, if I'm running for the kids in Haiti. Yeah. I, yeah. I, fo- I focus and I think about them and I think about like, you know, everything that we experience or think that is painful or hard. It's all relative, right? right? What those kids go through in Haiti and all that. Like, it's like tenfold. Like people, people here in America who couldn't live, like survive a day over there with, you know what I mean? Right. And so yeah. um, I think like it kind of comes back whenever I've done these long endeavors is I just, I, I focus my mind. Mm. If there's not somebody there with me yeah. that I can care for and like, you know, kind of. I, I, I don't know. I move like my attention to, to that person or if not, then I just focus on like my mission behind it all. Yeah. Well, a, a buddy of mine, uh, he was an EOD operator, explosive okay. ordnance disposal, and that's inside of special operations as well. And he did something similar to what you're saying. He trained for a, it's either a full marathon or an ultra, something ridiculously long. And he said, um, I forget how far into it he was, but he hit like the rock bottom of his life, it felt like. Like, I mean, he was just completely exhausted, dehydrated, no electrolytes, and he wanted to quit. And the run was to benefit spouses of fallen uh, military members. And Gold star, the gold star families. Probably was a gold star. Mm -hmm. Um, But he remembers thinking how bad it sucked and feeling sorry for himself. And then out of nowhere, he said, you know why you're hurting? Because you're alive. And he, he said, I thought about every friend I had had that had died in combat and how much they... You know, their spirits no longer here on earth, but how bad would they want to be alive just to feel pain, right? And he said, like, it just changed everything for him. He just got up and kept Mm. trying. But it's all, dude, Secret of Life is all about other people, man. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the questions we had someone submit actually goes into exactly what you were saying. And this may be the same story. They want to know, going back to the beginning of your fitness journey, was there a specific moment that made you want to change your mentality? So did that happen at the Grand Canyon or did you feel that somewhere else? Um, yeah, no, like my, my fitness journey, um, you know, I think like, I think the thing that clicked is I wanted to have full control, like over my life. I didn't have like any self-confidence and, uh, I, I, I think that, I don't know, like I, I, it was almost like, Mine kind of started like when I first got pregnant or like after I had my first kid, mm-hmm. which would have been Trip, who is now he just turned 15. Ooh. So Well also talk me through that. Like what what where was your, your headspace and mindset? Like through was it through pregnancy, after pregnancy? Well, it was or? because it it was because everybody, like whenever I was, you know, pregnant 
and I was really young, pregnant. It was like, oh, I from all of these like older women, they'd be like, oh, well, kiss your cute little body goodbye, mm-hmm. and like, oh, you know, and I and then I would start seeing just like these moms. I was just start noticing how it's almost like you know when you you find a car and you buy a car, and you're like, wow, this has to be the only car out there, and then you you see the car, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I've seen like twelve of those yeah, today. Yeah. So it was almost like it brought to my attention like these moms that would just let themselves go and mm. not take care of themselves right. and like wear the frumpy sweaters and you know roll out of bed and like you know just operate all day in sweatpants and you know whatever like and I'm not saying like there, there there's 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 nothing wrong with that that's not what I'm saying is what I didn't like it was like I felt like it was an excuse mm. to let yourself go to not like to not care for yourself anymore because you feel like you've hit this mom stage and right. like you have the excuse oh I, I oh it's my my mom my mom belly mm-hmm. I'm like but you had kids like 20 years ago yeah you know and mm-hmm. it was like so all of that started like kind of like feeding in my mind and I'm like I was not okay with that. I was like, I, I was like, surely, I was like, that just honestly, it scared me. It was out of fear. Wow. Because I was like, there's no way. I was like, I'm not going to be that. Mm-hmm. Like, that looks so just like unsatisfying, right. you know? Well, and on that, everyone listening, I understand I'm a dude. And I will never understand what it's like to be pregnant, carry a child. I understand it's very hard. And you guys are all rock stars and heroes for doing that. But for some reason, we see it in men too, is like, we hit the stage in our life and we we let ourselves go in the name of an excuse for something else. And everyone just seems to buy into it. Mm-hmm. No one asks why. Right. Well, once you have kids, you'll never be the same. Well, that's true in a lot of aspects, but what are you doing to get back to the same? Right. You know, how many, are, do you have more excuses than you do actions? Mm-hmm. You know? And so I think a lot of paradigm shifting needs to happen. And I think a lot of people just like you're saying, have kids and they let it become an excuse, but they're not mindful to their diet. They don't exercise. And then it's this gnarly tailspin down the rabbit hole of, of becoming unhealthier, 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 sure. right? Like I'm not saying everyone needs to walk around looking like an Amazonian princess, <laughs> but understand when you're overweight, this is more than a visual thing. You are, mm-hmm. you are creeping into very unhealthy territory. Right. And, and you're just doing your family a disjustice. hundred percent. You know, like I, I, I told, I totally understand like people like newcomers who are like just stepping into the fitness world. Like it can seem like it's such a, um, I, I like that. It's just like very selfish, you mm-hmm. know, like people only work out to like look good, but I, that's a byproduct of the hard work that you put yep. into the gym. And that's what people need to understand is like, you get so much more out of the gym than just like a six pack. And it's almost like, sure. If you're going there initially, because those are like your goals, like that's fine. But like realize that like, being in the gym and training in the iron, it transforms you from the inside. Yep. And what you got, like a re- reflection of like your hard work is your physique. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is and how you eat. It's how you're disciplined and how you train, you know, train your body even outside of the gym. Right. Well, and you only get one body in your life, mm-hmm. right? Why not take care of it? Why not sure. maximize it? And so I think the other side of the coin, as far as males and females go here of, you know, women becoming pregnant, having kids and then quote, letting themselves go. You know what drives me up a wall what? is this dad bod movement. Oh, dear lord! What, dude, pe- what people like making it socially acceptable, ac- like funny acceptable or like and celebratory, or or even just like naming it everything. And so, <laughs> like, I understand you're not young forever, and your metabolism is going to be different at forty than it was twenty. But again, are you? Making, I feel like guys should have zero zero excuses. You're not wrong. You like, are not wrong. 
Um, I don't see it like. But mm. what the one that really drives me up the wall is in like the college age kids who celebrate the dad bod thing. Like, yeah, I got a dad bod. And I just want to <laughs> see them be like, dude, you you are the youngest you will ever be ever yeah, again. And right. your metabolism is still humming, but you treat yourself like a garbage sure. can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it's oof. like you have the testosterone right now, yep. like, and you're just throwing it all out the out the door. So um, the, the open started this week. It did. Did you do the, what was the workout? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, Wait, is there terrible. a workout? Is it is there a workout every week or is it every, every day? Every Thursday it comes out. Every for Thursday. Three weeks. Oh, yeah. so there was one. Okay. Yeah, it was yesterday. So what well, was it? Uh, so I forgot total. A lot of it was a 14 minute AMRAP type thing. Uh, but I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it up. What is it? How do you look it up? Just Google uh, CrossFit. CrossFit 23.1. Okay. Workout. I want to see what it was. It's a good one. I, I may do it. Um, you know, by myself or something like that. I got a, <laughs> I got yourself? a deadlift heavy today, by the way. So oh, whenever, you are. Yeah. Um, but. One of the I love I love the CrossFit franchise. I love how they market all of their videos, but they had a big hiccup yesterday. Oh no, what happened? So the way they release the open workouts every week is they have a lot of the games athletes come to whatever location. No one knows the workout, and then they um, reveal the workout, and the athletes there they're I've hearing it for that. the very first time. So they do it ten minutes later, like, "Hey, here it is. Get ready." Yeah. So they give you ten minutes to prepare. Probably talk it over if you have a coach. Yeah. Strategize, and then yeah, then you get after it. Okay. Yep. And, okay. So what happened? And uh, the CrossFit Games crew sets up the rigs, the bars, and all that stuff. Uh huh. So Laura Horvath and I forgot the other female athletes that were there did the demo for it. Wait, who who is that? Laura Horvath. Uh, I'm gonna just say it. I think she's the next women's CrossFit Games champion. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. So I've met so her. She she competed last year. Yeah. She How actually she her rookie year she came in second in the world. Ah. Ooh, she's a Terminator dude. Well, we know who's who's held that. Yep. And uh, uh, she's she's retired, right? She's Pregnant. not competing. I didn't know yeah, that. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. She was on my podcast on season one. Tia was? Yeah. Oh, season dude. one or season two. Yeah. I met her and Shane at the Rogue Invitational. Yeah. And um, I'm a fan of like culture and performance. Sure. And Shane has just done remarkable work with her. Yeah. If you look at the game she went to where she went into Sunday with the lead mm -hmm. and the camera crew's following her around and you can tell she is in her own head. She goes, hey, don't follow me around. I'm, I'm going to be in second anyway, even though she was in first at the time. Like she completely defeated herself. So Shane came alongside her as her boyfriend, husband, coach, and helped her develop that. And yeah. I was able to ask him some questions. And he's like, man, I appreciate your words because there was no manual for this. We've been learning on the yeah. fly. But, yeah. hey, congrats. You learned on the fly how to sure. turn your wife into the greatest CrossFit athlete of all sure, time. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but back to what happened yesterday. The girls go to do the demo, and about halfway through, or maybe even at the end of the workout, they realized they had the wrong weights on the bar. The barbells were supposed to be 140 pounds, and I I'm, I'm sorry, they were supposed to be 145 pounds, but they were only 140. So the girls who did it, their scores don't count. And typically the athletes do it then, that's the score they post, but now they have to redo it at some point back at their local gym. Oh, man. Yeah. But here's the deal with Laura. She's so ridiculously strong. I wouldn't be surprised if she posted a better score with a heavier barbell. Sure, sure, She's a sure. killer. Like, dude, I, I am no hyperbole here. She is a Terminator. Do you she, know what her Instagram in. is for those of um – uh, so we'll, we'll find it. I will talk about the workout. You find her Instagram. I'm going to, this is, this is the 23.1 workout. If you guys want to know, I, this looks kind of fun. I, you know, I might except I cannot do ring muscle ups. Okay. Maybe not. I saw the first one. I'm like, Oh sure. This is good, but maybe not. Okay. So 23.1 complete as many reps as possible in 14 minutes. It's a 60 calorie row, 50 toes to bar. 40 wall ball shots, 30 cleans, 
20 ring muscle ups. Yeah, that's uh, not happening. Can you do muscle up, ring muscle ups? Yeah. Ring muscle ups are easier than bar muscle ups. Really? Because you can like yeah. manipulate the rings. Mm-hmm. Um, women, it's a 14 pound ball to a nine foot target. Uh, and then the cleans, 95 pounds. Oh, so you're saying, and then the men, it's 135 pound cleans, yeah. 20, 20 pound wobble. So you're saying on their cleans, they didn't have the right barbell. Wait, yeah. I forgot the exact weight, but yeah. the, the gist of the was there. Was they did just, not load the bar. Oh, the right way. so you're yeah. saying they didn't have 95 pounds. Well, that should be no problem for them. Cause like for, for them to do 95 pound cleans, yeah. that seems like pretty elementary. Yeah. Oh, it is. So but, like but, a 95 pound clean. Yeah. And, but you can't post an official score if you're not doing the official weight. Uh, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, so they but, have to go back and. Right. Good on CrossFit though. They came out and owned it. They're like, this is completely our fault. Not the athletes. Sorry. I mean, I don't know how you rectify it, but sure, no, sure. I, I'm with the level of athlete Laura is, uh, now she's on the workout once she gets to do it again. She'll post a higher score. Did you find her Instagram? Yeah. So, she, so if you guys don't know, she's from Turkey. So Laura Horvath is her name. Horvath. Horvath. But for you English speakers, it's a little different here. So Laura, L-A-U-R-A. And then her last name is Horvath. H-O-R-V-A-H-T. So everyone calls her Laura Horvath, but it's Horvath. You have a pretty good accent there. I've spent a lot of time over there. What <laughs> what, 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 uh, what languages do you speak? Uh, I barely speak English. And <laughs> <laughs> we a little t- bit of country, a lot, little bit of hick. A lot of redneck. A lot of redneck. <laughs> whenever my southern accent gets out of control, my wife's like, hey, take the peach out of your mouth. No one <laughs> understands a word what you're saying. But uh, I spoke French for a really long time, um, mm. but I haven't spoken it for a really long time mm, either. Mm. What was really cool was after I graduated training and officially became a Navy SEAL before I went to SEAL Team 4, they sent us to language school. Sure. Which I remember being in high school, being pissed I had to learn a new language. Yeah. Because you're just ignorant. No, I wish, like, I really wish I would have learned a language. It was, I, I think it's one of the coolest and yeah, funnest I things I ever did, man. Wait, what, so what did you, what did you learn? French. French, that's yeah, what you learned, and, French. And, um, well, and here, here's <laughs> where, here's the differences here between high school and learning it in the military. In high school, you go to a class for an hour a day, maybe even every other day, who knows? And it's, it's an hour, it's just not enough sure. time. In the military, when you go to language school, language school is your day. So we would start at 8 or 9 every morning, and we'd be in the classroom until 3 or 4. And once we started, it was total immersion. Like, the teacher is speaking French the entire time and only speaking English if she has to. Yeah. And wow. I think, like, two days in, I was dreaming in French. Wow. Nuts. Yeah, super, super cool. And there were only three of us in the class. So think about that compared to a high school setting. Yeah, with sure. Like 30 idiots. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're idiots in high school. Um, we were all idiots. Yeah, compared to three dudes who have to learn this. Sure, sure. <clears throat> but I was a little heartbroken when I went to France and apparently my southern accent is too much even in French. Oh, really? Oh, like they yeah. couldn't understand you? Yeah, but I yeah, it, it, but it was a mutual <laughs> thing. Like I couldn't understand them, they couldn't understand me, but to graduate language school you have to go through testing where you um, do reading comprehension sure. and then there's the actual talk test which is super cool. You step into this phone booth looking thing, pick up the phone, and there's a grader on the other end of the line, and they just start conversing with you. And the longer the conversation goes, the higher of a score you're getting because they're pushing the threshold. Wow. And this was back in 2013 when Syria was starting to kick off. And I remember getting to the point where they were asking, what are your thoughts of Syria? And I had to speak about biological warfare in French. And that's about where I tapped out. 
That was really cool. Dang. Yeah. That's a really cool experience. I didn't know cool. that that's how you could test, like you test out mm -hmm. for that, but it makes sense. Yeah. Have like a real conversation and yeah. they just grade you. It's the best way to do huh. it. And cool. so if for people listening, if you want to speak a language, do total immersion. That's, that's the secret. That's the yeah. answer. It's not this 20 minutes a day stuff. I've, like, do, I've done a few Rosetta Stones. I wanted Rosetta to learn um, Arabic. Mm -hmm. That's so hard. Don't ask me why. It, it reads right <laughs> to left. It, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started out with like the alphabet. I actually got kind of far in Arabic. Really? Well, not far. Very, far for very American like, person. yeah. For, like, I could have, I could ask basic questions in Arabic, and I knew like the Arabic, um, the alphabet. Um, you said not to ask, but I'm going to ask. What What made you want to learn that? Because I thought it was really hard. Again, no, no reason. Again, and then I, um, hard. yeah. Um, no, there had to have been a re. I there was a reason why. I don't know why I picked Arabic. There was a reason why. You were probably going to go on like a hundred mile run somewhere. Probably. When they speak Arabic yeah. You need to be able on to survive. A, a, That's a all. women's rights yeah. campaign <laughs> over there. Careful yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't play, which is terrible, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it, it's interesting because like <sighs> the more people hear, hear from you and like the more I talk to you, it just seems like whether it's something physical or learning something like Arabic, you, you just enjoy hard things. And one of the questions one of the listeners asked, and I really want to talk about this, especially with you. What are some practical ways to build self-confidence independent of external validation? So everything you just said, what I was thinking is you constantly take on hard things. There has to be a level of confidence there. And with someone asking this, where does that, where, where does that confidence come from? And how can the listener take this and start doing practical things to build confidence? So it, I, I don't feel like this answer is going to make sense. And maybe you can break it down a little bit. Um, you get the confidence from doing the things that you're fearful of doing. And I know people are like, well, that doesn't make sense because I don't have the confidence to do it. And like, that's where it's like, like you guys just, there has to be a part of you that has to just like make yourself do it. It's yep. like, even if it's like not, maybe it's not completing the whole race or getting to like your final point of like where you want to be, but you have to at least start and, and, and like you have to just start. And I think that, what has happened over time is, you know, I've done, I mean, there's so, dude, I, I feel like the, this comes up every single day. There's things, there's problems that I am faced with every single day that like I'm, I am probably insecure about. Like, I'm like, mm. sure. I don't know. Like I may not have the answer yeah. to it, but, um, I just think it takes, it takes time and just doing the things. I'm going to echo exactly what you're saying. Go do hard stuff. Go do things that make you uncomfortable. Go do things that are hard. But it's like, I mean, weren't we talking about like the, the getting in an ice shower? Mm -hmm. So it's like something like that. Like, mm -hmm. like even getting in a, in an ice shower, you do that in the mornings, right? Yeah. Do you do that in the mornings? Yeah. Um, or taking an ice bath or, you know, that, that is putting you in a state of being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, and this is, you know, whenever I was preparing for my run around Haiti, mm -hmm. whenever I ran around the perimeter of Haiti, I, and I, I remember this because it popped up on my Snapchat story, mm -hmm. like from, it was like a memory from like five years ago. Yeah. Um, but I spent a lot of time in hot yoga leading up to my run around Haiti. To prepare for the climate or what? Um, no, not really because I, I, I mean, I knew it was going to be hot. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little bit of the heat because yeah. it was, this is like a really, really hard yoga class. And the thing is I would do them back to back, but, Ooh. um, it was mainly because like the, this was like the hardest yoga class in Virginia beach that I had ever taken. Oh wow! Um, and I wanted to do an hour back to back. Um, and I did that like 
I did it like multiple days in a row, like Whoa. throughout the week to yeah. help because I, it, it would, I would get myself to a point of like suffering. And it's like, if you can hold that, if you can hold that, hold the line there mm -hmm. and endure that suffering, that's only temporary. This is the thing. It's like whenever you guys go through hard things, it can be physical. It can be mental. Dude, I've gone through some really, really hard business things. I'm sure, yeah. Really hard. And if you can hold steadfast through that, you come out and you're like, whew. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, wow, I fucking did that. Yeah. Like I fucking survived and I'm stronger and I'm more confident. And maybe you didn't have the answer while you were going through that. But after you got through it, you can look back and you can be like, okay, next time this happens, next time I'm faced with a challenge that's similar, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, like this is how I'm going to be better prepared. And these are the moves I'm going to make. So it's like, mm. you know, I like to say this. It's like, it's like you become familiar with the darkness. Yep you become familiar with how to navigate through. And it's like, when you find yourself in the darkness for the very first time, you want to like cower down oh, yeah. and you want to bunker down and mm -hmm. you want to be, you want, you want to be, you're, you're like paralyzed, yeah. you know, but like the more you can just learn to kind of navigate through that darkness, yeah. you can become familiar with that mm -hmm. and you can navigate through that a lot faster. Yeah. It was funny. You call it that. Cause uh, when I was in the teams, we would call that going dark where like you can just physiologically feel it inside you because you're doing something scary or that's going to test your sure. limits. And I actually alluded to that on the podcast you and I did a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things I said was that would not be the only time in my career I would feel that way. Sure. But since I handled it and moved through it, I now have the model and track record to understand when I feel this way, I understand what's going on. And I know if I keep my feet moving, everything's going to take care sure. of itself. So to kind of answer the question they're being asked, you have to do things to give yourself a track record, to give yourself something to be confident about. If you back down from problems all the time, then that's what you're going to do. That's, yeah. that's the only thing you know. Dude, just stand up and go punch something in the mouth. Sure. Uh, and don't and be scared. That's okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm scared all the time. Sure, sure. And I remember even when I was still a civilian before I went in the Navy, I told, obviously, people knew I was going in to, to go to Buzz, to go to SEAL training and stuff. And one guy is like, do you know how to scuba dive? I'm like, no. <laughs> He's like, do you know how to jump out of an airplane? I'm like, no. He's like, so how do you think you're going to do it? I'm like, I'm sure they'll teach me, right? Yeah. But like, it's okay. I went from not knowing how to do sure. any of that to teaching all of that. You will learn along the way. You just have to keep your feet moving. And what's going to happen is, especially with someone living as extremely as you, as you do enough hard stuff, you just get desensitized to it. And one of the examples I remember is um, in third phase of SEAL training, we do a five and a half mile ocean swim. Incredibly boring, but boring. Yeah, boring. I'd be worried about the sharks underneath yeah, especially me. out in the Pacific, huh? Yeah. Actually, do you guys wear? Do you guys wear um, like shark bands? Mm -mm. No, do those just, work? I don't know. I've never heard of it. So. Oh really? Yeah, just like a wetsuit and a knife. I guess if things go sideways. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Just a little but, wrestle with a shark. Oh no my big gosh. deal. I, uh, one time, a seal did come up and like play with me. And that's actually kind of scary because they're super playful, but super strong. Yeah. So they could be a little too playful. I, there's, I, I see the seals out at, um, is it like Point, Point not Loma? Point Loma or uh, yeah, Point Loma. Uh, La Jolla. La Jolla. Yeah. yeah. There's like that cove. La Jolla. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's super cool. Wait, do you guys swim all the way from so, San Diego to no, like? It, I had a seal pass me on one of the formal swims. So we're bugs. talking about an actual animal seal, yeah, not yeah, a friend not, seal. Not one of these dudes Not here. to get confused. Yes. Uh, and then me <laughs> and my buddy, one Saturday went to Point Loma, or uh -huh. I'm sorry, La Jolla, and just for that experience. Sure. And no joke, um, I see him underwater, he sees me, we're kind of like staring at each other, and then 
I come up but lose track of him, but he comes up too and pops up like closer than me and you. Oh my like, god! I could have bopped him on his cute little <laughs> forehead, you know. Aww. Um, <laughs> so I got sidetracked there. Back to that swim, it didn't dawn on me that was a big deal a yeah. five and a half mile swim because all you do is just constantly hard stuff. Sure. And even my my best friend's girlfriend at the time, uh, she was an RN or something like that, and she would go to work and she's back in Wisconsin, and her friends would ask her daily like, "What are they up to? What are they up to?" And she would tell them. And even she was be- being desensitized to these ridiculous things we were doing. Yeah, she was just used to saying, and, and I'm sure her her coworkers were like, what? what? Yeah. And then the five and a half mile swim day rolled around. And like when she said, oh, they're swimming five and a half miles today before noon and then have a full day of training, she realized, oh, dear Lord, like, crap. Like, that's a lot. That's you know? a lot. But it, it, you just kind of get used to living that life. Um, yeah. I I mean, just ridiculous things. I went to rally car driving school. Do you know what that is? Rally car? Uh-uh. It's like the Subarus that drift in the desert and through the woods doing like 80 miles an hour. Oh, cool. It's really cool. That was for work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were wor- working. Yeah. These are their work trips <laughs> that they go on. Yeah. It's cool, though, because you learn how to handle a vehicle at its sure. highest end. But, I mean, at some point that day or night, you actually throw on night vision and drive through the woods doing 80 miles an hour drifting around corners on night vision. That's Until so I cool. say it out loud right now, I don't realize how ridiculous that sounds. Yeah, how, right? how dangerous just, it is. It's just how Or just how crazy. You know? um, so with self-confidence, do you feel like you are still mindfully aware to when you're doing hard things of like, this is going to give me more confidence? Or if, or if you feel that negativity roll in, do you still have that to this day? Yeah, I, I, don't, really, I don't really think about it. I don't think... Um, I never like approach a a problem or an issue or whatever. I'm like, okay, once I go through this, I'm going to have more self-confidence. You know, I mean, it really is like, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, I think that sometimes um, it's like, this is probably more like kind of business related or like, you know, with your, whenever you guys set goals or like certain directions in your life, sometimes the worst thing that we can do is to not do anything at all. Mm -hmm. And I think like maybe you're wanting to start something, you know, I know we've talked about some running and marathons ultra and you're not sure like what you want to do, what race you want to do. Like sometimes all you need to do though is just start. Mm -hmm. So just start with 5Ks. Just start doing something is better than doing nothing at all. Yeah. I was telling someone this uh, coaching client the other day, you can't run a hundred miles without doing the first mile. Right. So just like you said, start. And you can't even do that first mile without the first step. Yeah. And so. And before you get the first step, you got to get your shoes on. Dang, sure do. (laughs) And so don't, what we're trying to tell you guys is don't get so enamored with a big, shiny, specific object that you feel like you're not ready to go do that thing or you have to wait for the timing to be right. Sure. Take something relative and relevant to what you're wanting to do and go do it. Yeah. Like if you want to run 100 miles because you're a psycho. All right, dude, go run a mile as fast as you can. Just sure. to go do something hard sure. and, and, and get that track record going. And one of the, I, I was wanting to communicate this too with a self-confidence thing. If you want to have confidence, just like you said, go do something hard and uncomfortable. Don't think on it. Don't meditate on it. Don't wait for the timing to line up. Just go do it. In yeah. fact, like think about how, how cool you would feel if you're thinking about doing something like this and you look around and you're at the office and you're like, well, I don't have my running clothes or whatever, but. You know what? I'm gonna go run a mile as fast as I can right now. I'm just gonna step out of the office and go do it. And then you come back to your cubicle, like, dude, there it is. Yeah, like, there it is. I, and don't blame me if you get fired for running while you're at work. Yeah. But just, just do something you don't normally sure. do. That's a way to build confidence. Sure. You know, dude. There, there was one time I uh, took my dogs out to the trails, and I just really want. I was training for a run. Oh. I left my shoes. Oh I left my shoes. Yeah. You know what I did? Ran barefoot. I ran barefoot through the trails. How far? I regretted that. I actually I messed up my feet. Oops. Uh, three miles. Oh yeah, that's I a did. Long a, I did a loop. It was like two two. 
2.85 or whatever. Um, but yeah, I had to really, really watch my foot placement because mm -hmm. I was like, wow, there's a lot of uh, tree roots and pine cones and pine needles and rocks. And so, yeah, I, I definitely messed up and bruised my feet. But dude, during the moment, it was incredible. Just I felt out. so alive because again, it was like, I'm always, I'm always, you know, and, and John knows how busy I am during the day. It's like, I'm, I'm always like, I got to do something, train for something, move to the next, move to the next. It was like, that was my opportunity to just let loose yeah. and to train. And I had two decisions to make, not do it. And then be pissed off at myself yep. and probably pissed off at everybody for the rest of the day and mm -hmm. be like, or my thought process was like, damn, my ancestors used to run barefoot. Yeah. I'm like, here we go. Right. Like, let's run it barefoot and see how I feel. And, you know, and, you know, all the other runs that I've ever done, training runs, do you think I've ever remembered those? No, probably no. not. Maybe a no. couple hard ones. I remember that one. Yeah, oh, for sure. I remember that one like it happened yesterday. And yeah. so it's just kind of like whenever you guys go out there and you do those things that like, like that, that are scary, like it, it's going to be a story worth telling. Yes. And be able to step back like Ashley did and say, I have two options here. I can run barefooted, even though it's uncomfortable, whatever, or I can not do anything. Like, how, how do you think you're going to feel yeah, I was, when I was you don't I was go so do something? Yeah, I was pissed off because yeah. then I was like, I'd be mad at myself because I messed up my day. Yep. You know, I'd be mad at everybody else. My schedule would be messed up. I'd try to get my run in later. It'd yeah. just be, you know, or... I, you know how you know how good I felt about myself afterwards. Oh, you honestly, felt like you were six feet tall. Yeah, it wouldn't have even matter if I would have done like a mile, you right. know. But I just felt so good in the moment. I just, you know, it's yeah. it's like this loop through the woods. So honestly, it got to a point where I like I got halfway around. It was like, well, I have to keep going because if yep. I go back, it's gonna even be further. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you just gotta keep pushing yourself like that. Speaking of barefoot running, have you ever read read the book Born to Run? <gasps> no. Oh, dude. Really you know good. what? I've started reading that book. Oh, really? And I have not finished it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I, as you can tell, I am not a runner, but reading it will make you want to run. Uh, they talk about Dean Carnazius, who's speaking of birthdays, on his 30th birthday, just randomly ran, ran 30 miles one night, barefooted, wow. or actually in loafers in his boxers because he didn't have the gear he needed. He just did it anyway, stopped at a Taco Bell about halfway through, down food and kept going, which led to him doing 100 milers to the desert and Badlands and stuff like that. But they talk about the Tahrimiran people in Mexico and to this day, they still run barefooted. They've never ran in shoes. And how we're in this big conundrum of all these big shoe companies popping out these ultra cushion shoes, sure, but sure. people still have feet problem. Yeah, yeah, give it a give it a read. You'll like. Yeah, it. Uh, that's really interesting because, like, I actually, um, I would have ankle problems. Hmm. Like, I did something to my ankle when I was running in Haiti, mm -hmm. not necessarily doing anything that would like cause an injury. It was like a really weird thing. But I, I trace a lot of that back to um this time period of my life whenever I was wearing shoes that were like super super cushiony. Yep. Like I actually prefer to run in shoes that are like minimalist. And I actually in the summertime when I'm running, I don't even wear socks. Oh, cool. Because I like to yeah. really feel yeah. like the either the pavement or the dirt. And I, I prefer, especially in the summertime, I prefer trail running over like pavement running. Just so you're in some sort of shade, not on blacktop. Yeah, or both yeah. the scenery, yeah. you know, it's a little bit better because I do like to run like, so like minimal, like the constant, like hitting yeah, of the, yeah. the pavement, you yeah. know, I just think like after a while, just like wears on you. But, um, but yeah, I, um, <clears throat> the shoes that I have found that I really like that I feel like it also strengthens just like your ankle ligaments mm -hmm. have been the, the, like more minimal shoes, yeah. minimalist shoes. For sure. What yeah. sucks though is like, so for those of y'all listening, 
if you do run and you've spent your entire running career in super cushiony shoes, don't go through on minimalist and yeah. run 10 miles. Like it's right. a thing you have to build into. You have into. to kind of build into. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did you ever do the five finger shoes? No, those. So I grew up down in South Georgia where fitness isn't a super huge thing. Yeah. So I had never seen those till I was in the Navy. And at that point they were booming. And uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember being in like the exchange or something one time and it was you know, they like sell the newspapers. Sure. They have the Navy Times, the Army Times. The Army Times cover was shoe banned. And it was a big picture of the five <laughs> fingers because so many people in the Army were going to command PTs and just the five fingers, but hurting themselves because they weren't ready for that. Oh, and so the Army's like, gosh. okay, y'all can't wear this shoe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. I, yeah, I'm surprised I never got in. I never got into those. I think I always had a hard time getting my toes oh, yeah, yeah. into like, yeah. I don't know. I've even, <clears throat> I know like toe socks are like supposed mm-hmm. to be good for blisters and stuff. And oh, I just, yeah. I never like that. Maybe I don't like my toes feeling like they're in like separated gloves. Yeah. yeah I like, true. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of weird. They actually talk about the five fingers in, in Born to Run. So oh, I read okay. this book well over a decade ago. Sure. So the five fingers couldn't be very old. Yeah. And they called yeah. them lizard feet at the time. Oh, okay. But okay. It, it's really interesting to hear all that and like, as humans, how far we've gotten away from our primal roots yeah. of living in controlled environments, cushiony shoes, and all this other stuff. Sure. Uh, but no, it's it's a super good read for anybody looking to do something educational, maybe get motivated to go run. You know what I've noticed, uh, like especially on long runs or like physically hard things? We talked about it a second ago, but it's going into that dark spot where you want to be anywhere other than what you are. I have felt it in training. I felt it on deployments. I felt it coaching clients. When I first got started, I would wake up in the morning terrified because I was going to sit down with somebody. So y'all need to understand everyone has imposter syndrome. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And your mind will tell you, don't do this, quit, run, do whatever. What do you, what do you do when times get really hard like that? Whether it's a run or it's just a super busy, scary, hard time for business. Like what does your headspace and stuff look like? Um, so I, I try not to spend too much energy on it. Actually. Mm. I acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we acknowledge either our suffering or the fact that we don't want to be there. Um, that we acknowledge it, but we don't dwell on it. I think like the Mm. more that you sit and you let something fester, like it's the same way, like if I'm running and something starts bothering me, right? You guys, obviously, if I, I, you know, I did that 40 hour run, like two hour, two, not two hours ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I did that 40 hour run like two years ago and sure. Like the, the pain, like I would feel pain. I experienced pain and I had, I had to acknowledge it. I had to accept it as a part of basically like a part of who I was in that moment, yeah. if that makes sense. And, and, and it was almost like, I don't know, it's weird. And, and it's the same thing with like even hard business things that I go through. It's like, I, this is really weird. I don't know, but it's almost like I, I welcome it. Mm-hmm. I don't try to shut it out because I know that it's something that I have to get through. Right. So whether it's a, a problem with business, whether it's um, like physically feeling like I can't go any further. Yeah. Um, or just like like you know physically feeling worn down. Yeah. I I acknowledge that and I accept that about myself. And then I basically become okay with either what I'm what I'm dealing with or like what I'm suffering through and yeah. I just know that it's a part of of who I am right now. Mm, yeah. Well, corny little phrase here, mind over <laughs> matter. If you don't mind it don't matter. Sure. Right? And, and like I know exactly what you're saying. And I I I probably dwell on it longer than you. I'm a dweller by nature, but I acknowledge it and I have to be mindful and deliberate to not tailspin with it. 
And so No, that is really important. Like I also have to be very deliberate to not dwell on it. Like yeah. I have to I have to acknowledge it and then I have to basically like let it go or be at peace with it. Yep. Because you're right. It's like it's like you know, whether you're, you're, you're like suffering through a physical thing, maybe Mm -hmm. you're suffering for the 23.1 CrossFit, you know, and you're getting in your 60 calories, you know, what, whatever that is for you. Like if you are just like, okay, like I'm going to suffer through this. This is part of it because I know once I get through it, the suffering and everything is going to be gone. Yep. It's very, very temporary. And if you can have that mentality, I think going through any like big, scary endeavor, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, like on the backside of fear, sure. we find achievement, accomplishment, joy, fulfillment, purpose, passion, all sorts of cool things like that. So, and I'm not saying this pans out every single time, but pretty much every time you're doing something big and hard like that, it's because you're pushing your own envelope to open even more. And when you get through it, you've in some sort of realm of your life, you've just hit a, a new high score in something you were trying to sure. do. You know, and um, back to rally car driving school here. One of the things they teach you is look where you want to go, right? If, if wherever you're driving, keep your eyes where you want to go and your hands will follow. And I remember we were doing like 70 or 80 miles an hour through the woods on this trail, drifting around this corner. And as the car turns, I look out from my windshield over to my left window and I see a tree and we're heading right for it. I mean, going- Are you right driving yeah, or are you driving. a passenger? I was driving. And I remember thinking, oh crap, here it comes, here it comes. And then I remember thinking, don't look there. Were you sliding or what? Yeah, Yeah, so that's what drifting is, is like where where it's a controlled slide. Sure. Um, But still 80 miles an hour is pretty scary. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, In a a tight Did you guys have like helmets on and like a... Uh, I'm sure like, we had a restraint uh, we were supposed If to. any officials from NSW are listening, yes, I was wearing my helmet. Uh, <laughs> but I remember looking at me like, oh my, I, I'm not kidding you, Ash. We were about to wrap this car around the tree. And I just remember thinking, don't look at it. Just look out your windshield. I looked out my windshield and next thing I know, the car straightens out. Wow. And, and like, I mean, I've, I've heard this come up in counseling and therapy. Quit looking at what you don't want to be, yeah. right? So with the self-confidence thing, quit looking at yourself as being unconfident. Start mm-hmm. looking at what you want to be mm-hmm. and attacking those things. Mm-hmm. And then it's all going to build itself mm-hmm. out, you know? Um, I love where, where this is going. Um, another thing that I want to kind of piggyback off of that is <clears throat> I tell people like identify with who you want to be now. For example, mm-hmm. like if you, if you are, this is a really easy example and one that like, I feel like you can, you guys can get if I can paint the picture. If you want to stop smoking, okay, let's say that you've stopped smoking. Somebody comes and offers you a cigarette. You say, I'm not a smoker. I don't smoke. If you say, I'm not a smoker, you are in your mind, you're saying, I am not a smoker. I don't want to smoke that cigarette. Instead of saying, oh, I'm trying to quit. Then it's like, oh, I'm trying to quit, but I haven't quit. So that means I haven't quit. So I'm really... Mm -hmm. I can still identify as I am a smoker, but I'm trying to quit. Instead of saying, no, I am, I am no longer a smoker. You're identifying with who you want to be. Yeah. You know, it's just like Jedi Master Yoda said, right? <laughs> do or do not. There is no try. But it's interesting you say that because what, so what's going on there from the nerdy standpoint is you are now building out neuropathways in the brain through mm-hmm. using that language. Sure. So you're not identifying as someone who doesn't want to smoke anymore. The line in the sand, I don't smoke. Sure, sure. You don't need to offer me that, right? But it's, I think a lot of people don't realize that, that you can really start to reprogram the brain Mm -hmm. based off how you verbalize and communicate. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a real thing. Yeah, that's one of the big things behind my clothing line, the We Are V, We Are Victorious. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of, that came to life uh, towards the end of last summer. And it kind of came into fruitation whenever I was getting ready for my first competition and it was like all of this self-doubt you know it's yeah. kind of we talk about like the um like the um 
what is it like the syndrome where like you don't feel yeah like you don't feel like yeah you're good enough that you didn't put in the time you know like all this negative self-talk and I noticed that a lot of my like mental health and like when my mental health would spiral downhill had to do a lot of like with the negative self-talk that I would start like I mean it would just be like a spiral and so you know I got to like you know, I was creating this clothing line and I was like, I just have to focus on one thing. Mm. We are victorious. We are victorious. I am victorious. I am V. Mm -hmm. We are V. And so it kind of became like my mantra of just like constantly. So it was like, if I didn't know anything positive I could say to myself, I could at least say we are V. We are victorious. Like, you know, talking about myself, my family, my team, no matter what we were going through, we are victorious. And keeping your eyes set on just like, that next thing. Yeah. No, and there's another thing in there I want to dwell on for a second. I don't think people realize how scary it is to get on stage. And so I want to hear your headspace, but I even want to preface a little more like So have you done some um uh speedo competitions <laughs> that I didn't I didn't know you were a former bodybuilder there, John. Oh, there is a story there, but it is not fit for <laughs> these here airwaves. Um but what I want so you with you being Ashley Horner, right? You are a physical brand, a ton of people know who you are, they know what you look like and all these other things, is it still scary to get on stage for a competition? Yeah, absolutely. Right. What, I'm what, like literally scared shitless. What's And so what's that feel like? Like, what do you tell yourself, not just to get through it, but in general, like what's that self-talk sounding like? Um. So yeah, like there, it's like you have to kind of go back and 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 think about all the hard work, everything that you have done to prepare for, prepare for this moment. And it was like, I knew on stage, you know, because like, it, especially with like your speaking and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I know like you can probably talk on this as well, like as well. Like you want to make sure that, the time that you spent, the the hours spent, the the weeks, the months, I I wanted to make sure I honored that, mm. and I honored every single person in my life and who came on that journey with me. Yeah. That I went out there and I did the very very best for them. I, I I turned off and I shut out all the other faces and like anything else that didn't really matter, and I only saw my friends, my family, my boys, um, and it really kind of took like what can be extremely intimidating and scary. Like it took that away. Sure. Of course, like leading up to that moment, it's like, you know, cause I have a lot of eyes on me, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the thought of like failing, you know, but right. I think, I think like in that moment, in that moment, it was like, I had to just tunnel vision what I allowed myself to see or mm. think about. And I only saw like the core yeah. of like, of like my people. Yeah. Don't look at where you don't want to go, right? Yeah. So, and then, then it wasn't, it wasn't as scary, but. And I, 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 what I want people to hear out of that, because it's some imposter syndrome can definitely pop up. But if someone like Ashley, who no joke has a brand physically built around her and what she looks like is even if she's scared when she gets on stage, you're probably going to be scared too, but that's okay. Like, as you can hear, no one is going to be fearless in this moment. Sure. It's it, okay it to have it, fear. It doesn't matter how many times you guys get on stage. Yep. You, you will always feel like, you will always feel that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How, like, guys, whenever I go to social media and I post a, you know, vulnerable picture of like, you know, the things that I don't like about myself, um, or I share stories like, of course, like it's fearful for me because I'm putting myself out there. Yeah. I'm being vulnerable, but only in hopes to inspire other people. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I didn't win nationals. Did I want to win? 
Of course, yeah. I'm a freaking competitive athlete with yeah. myself. Of course, I wanted to win. <laughs> but that backstage, I ran into about three girls who said the reason why they were there is because of me. Wow. So what they say? Like, that's probably worth talking about. Um, they was just like, some of them had done my training programs oh, cool. early in the beginning. Yeah. Um, one person decided just to compete at nationals because I was competing at nationals, yeah. um, which made me feel really good. They're like, you're the only reason why I'm here because I knew you were going to get on stage at nationals. And, you know, I had my opportunity to go out for nationals and I just wanted to be here and get on stage with you. And so I think like, like those kind of stories, it's like, you know, you got to, it kind of comes back to the beginning of like remembering why, why we're starting this yeah. in the first place. And when things become fearful when things get hard, when you're not sure like which way to turn or which way to go, mm-hmm. like really tap in and to remember your why, Yeah. you know, my, per- my whole purpose for starting, like, you know, wanting to get back on stage again is because I wanted to show everybody that like I'm real life breathing and doing it. I am a mother. Mm-hmm. I'm basically a single mother right now doing it all. Yeah. I'm operating businesses. I'm taking care of my body and there's really no excuse why nobody else can do the same yeah you body just have to have the discipline yeah body emotion stays in motion right so it's it's interesting to look at your situation and all the hurdles that are there but since you're in motion you stay there compared to maybe another mom who's not a single mother they stay at home and take care of the kids but for some reason there's not enough motion in their life and it's actually harder for them to get going because they actually don't have the necessity like you do sure. to make it go happen sure sure I, it, that's kind of interesting like you know just talking about like the human just everything because sometimes I feel like I operate a lot faster and a lot more level-headed when I'm under pressure yep I full I was actually talking to a client about this today yeah um, that I operate faster. And more level-headed yeah. when I feel pressure. Like a sense of calm is there? And you in can talk weird, your way through it? I don't know. In a yeah. weird way. Yeah. Like, it's like sometimes, uh, I mean, I, I have for sure I have days. But I know what you're saying about mm-hmm. like the mom that, did, like, there's not enough movement or motion to, oh, like, okay. kind of yeah. get them going. It's like, you know, there, there's, like, no reason, right? But but right. But if you went to your doctor, right, and yeah. your doctor was like, hey— you better change your life or yep. you're not going to have a long life to live. Yeah. Like maybe then that's some motivation to be like, oh yeah, now I'm going right. to, now it's worth it to me yeah. to create the discipline in my life to take care of myself. Yeah. It, that that necessity, I don't want to say has to be there, but when it's there, it can be a very, very strong variable in your overall sure. life equation. And um, when it's there, man, like you will be surprised at how much you can achieve. And especially like, and so let's, let's point out some people here. Let's say someone's like, well, I just don't have time to get in shape. Okay. Well, what if we said, hey, if you don't lose 40 pounds, your kid's going to die. I get it. That's like impossible. But if you can put yourself in this paradigm of like, holy crap, like this is true. Sure. And this is real. I have to do something. You're going to find time to get it done. Sure. You know? Sure. I mean, there's been times like um, when when I've done powerlifting competitions or even running, you just, you switch your mindset. Mm -hmm. Like if you have a big barbell. Or whatever, and, and 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 if you're like, okay, I gotta move yeah. this off of my kid that's yeah. smashing my kid. Yep. If you just change, you know, it's kind of like you were talking about with your training, mm-hmm. how you make it real life, and you put that pressure under you to be yeah. like, okay, like now if this is this is what's happening, okay, yeah, now this weight isn't as heavy anymore, right? Or sure, yeah, I am gonna get my life together. Yeah, with so we kind of hit on something that somebody actually wanted to know about, and you came through it organically without me even really asking and we can dwell on it a little longer but the the way the question came through was how do you do all the things you do and still be a great mom i find days where i feel overwhelmed 
I don't like fit or like like my fitness overwhelms me. Activities, chores, sickness, etc. How do you keep it all together? And I feel like it's your why. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you it, think it, you're more sure. in tune with your why than most people? I do. I have a pretty deep like like intuition yeah. like about myself, mm-hmm. but you can lose that. Mm-hmm. You can really lose that. In fact, um, I want to say like this last year, this last year. Or the year before, I felt like I, I've lost. I've lost a little bit of that. I've lost touch with that. And you have to be intentional with like really sitting down. And this is like quiet times. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like quiet times. With God in the morning that you wake up, where you think, you pray, you meditate. Um, but coming back to your why, yeah. you have to come back to your why. And if if and this is where it kind of comes. If you're not sure what your why is anymore, you got to get that right. Right. Because you have to have purpose and meaning behind everything you everything. do. Or it's like, it's going to be like, when it gets hard, because it is going to get hard, yep. when it becomes uncomfortable, you're not going to have, you're not going to have a big enough reason or a purpose to keep going. Yeah. And that's something I've seen with clients I work with. I've, I've experienced it myself. So sure, on vulnerability, let's like do that. As my time in the Navy came to an end, it took me like two years to get out from the whole medical retirement process. So it was weird. It was like my transition began while I was still in because it was such a, a long endeavor. I was able to start it sooner. But when that happened, I found myself not wanting to work out, not wanting to run, not getting up early, kind of walking around like a bum for a while. And Was it, it because you felt like you didn't have a reason or a purpose? Like, Because you're like, why do I? Because before your training, you had, you had to be a really good operator, yeah, right? Shit, you right? had to, for yeah. your team, for yourself, you had to stay alive. Like everything that you learned was to stay alive. And so did you feel like you're like, what's the point of training anymore? There was some of that there. And it's like, well, I mean, if I don't go for a run today, what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Like, it's not like I have to meet a standard there anymore. And then also the whole other set of things that come in with that is being cut away from your tribe. Like you don't have a tribe anymore. That in itself is really hard to deal with. And what I, what began to happen was I was in like, just this downward spiral where I I don't want to say I was letting myself go, but I wasn't working out like I was supposed to. I wasn't mindful to my diet. I wasn't doing things like daily meditation, all the other healthy things that helped me be the best version of me. And then it threw a lot of chain yanking, honestly. Uh, Don't on me. Hey, man, you may not be in the teams, but your kids are still watching, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Your boys are probably going to be, they're probably going to grow up to be you, and you Mm -hmm. need to be putting that best version Mm -hmm. out there for them, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Do you have anything set out for yourself on your birthday? Let's see. Because it's coming up, too. It is coming up. Oh, gosh. I'm not going to be 34 35. Miles, 34. You're going to be 34. 34. I don't know. I've actually never... I just love my birthday in general, but I've never thought to tie so how, to when it to it. So like, when you love your birthday, like, why? Like, is it because... Do you guys do something? Do you guys do something special on your birthday? Uh, I eat really good and a lot of steak on my birthday. Mm, but like, in, Do you order, like, a special steak from somewhere? Ooh, so no free promos here, but oh, no, uh, yeah, send it. Go plug okay, them. So, Who's the steak company? Um, I, yeah, I love like yeah. Go. For so like it. I was telling you earlier, my love language is cooking steak mm-hmm. and brisket for people. Yeah, we were talking about the Traeger because oh, you guys yeah. can't see this, but I have Traeger spices on my desk. It looks like I'm drinking Traeger John, spices. Yeah, John's <laughs> gonna put those in his pocket on his way out. Just pilfering. <laughs> um, but Lord have mercy, Ashley. Okay, I remember now. So there is a certain breed of cow called Piedmontese. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. I've heard of the Black Angus. Yes. That's all I've heard of. Dude, Piedmontese is just different in a good way. So it's a different breed of cow than what most people eat. And it's weird because when you look at it, no joke, it looks like it's 2% body fat. It's jacked out of his mind, huge muscles. And typically with lean animals, they're tough. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. No. This is hands where, down. Where does the cattle come from? Wherever Piedmont is. No, I'm kidding. So. <laughs> Piedmontese. <laughs> I, I, I think somewhere in the States. 
Oh, I forgot. I'd have to look at the website. <laughs> yeah. But if you just Google Piedmontese steak. I didn't know if you if it was like a farm. Like uh, that you'd, it, it's, oh, so it's, it, this is a type of steak. Yeah. It's a, so it's, it's a, a cow. type of cow in general. It's oh, a breed. Okay. It is a different breed. Of, like, so I, oh, you have dairy oh, so cow. Oh, so Piedmontese. I see. So it's not like a yeah. steak Correct. that you order, like from, okay. Correct. Yeah, Piedmontese is the name a of cow. the breed of cow. Yeah. Oh. Um, but you can order these cuts of steak from them. And I'm not kidding you. The ribeye you can cut with a spoon wow. after you cook it. it I, no, I've done this, so their fillets really good. Ribeyes, everything from there is so good, but it's crazy because it's super lean. Uh huh. But it's not tough at all and has the best flavor ever. And so, like, let's say you're. So getting, can I have this for my? Because I'm probably gonna start training again soon for my show. I'm gonna do a show in August. Say. I usually eat flank steak or skirt oh, really? steak at night. Skirt. Yeah. Skirt. <laughs> skirt. So, no, I was actually. So, just but about like, to could say, I yeah. exchange that? Oh yeah, and. And so it's cool, like the ribeye. Sure. Ten grams of fat. No way. Nuts. So like, yeah, what's this website? Just Google Piedmontese steak, and it'll be the first place. Oh. I believe the company is called Piedmontese. Oh. Okay, I heard about okay. it through your boy Mark Bell. Oh, okay, so, Mark Bell. That dude likes it. It's I need to get him on my podcast. You should. Yeah, because I was on, on his. Yeah. I was on his podcast. He might be the most interesting dude I can think of. Yeah, I would like to have something. him in person though. But yeah. we could do a Zoom. Yeah. A Zoom podcast. Dude, did you know he gave himself rhabdo? Like last week. Oh, doing the marathon? <laughs> he was doing the Boston Marathon? I don't think Because I know he was training for the Boston he Marathon. Was. That's or what has it that was. happened yet? It's in March, isn't it? I don't know. Or no, did it, it already happen? Actually, I no, feel I'm like I should know this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but no, so like as if you guys know Mark and like you do, Ashley, he's been all over the map with body weight, being lean, whatever, and he and his brother crush meat and they don't eat a lot of carbs. But as he is he up. doing? Is he keto? Do you know? Basically, basically, so basically like, as does he, he do like sweep or what does he do for car? Or do you know? Dude, there's days I see him eat meals. It's like a ribeye, liver, eggs, and cheese. I'm like, that looks oh, good. So but uh, it looks, what's but up? It's like full keto. Yeah, and so <laughs> oh, so we're sorry. not we're not giving you guys. We don't know this for sure. Yes. Go ask Mark. Yes. We're just he, in fact, I'm not even gossiping. He made a social media post about it. Oh. But <laughs> since you know him, it's yeah, kind of sure. a funny thing to poke at. But yeah. he ramped up his mileage for the week and like. Didn't up his electrolytes, didn't yeah. up his carbs, and uh, then uh, was out on his run and just went to straight weird town. Like his vision got blurry, he got buzzy and tingly, stopped into a Starbucks to down some fructose, and then he started shaking, and they had to call 911. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They gave him a so barf scary. bag at the hospital. Yeah, he's got a full wow. post about it. Wow. I'll have to go check that out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we, it's, yeah cause, so he must be getting ready for the Boston Marathon because I, I know so. he's, he's, uh, I He's think he might, he don't run barefooted, but I don't think he wears super cushioned really? shoes. Really? I'm going to have to catch up with him, but I got to have Mark on my He's such a cool on my podcast. You know who sure. would be a cool interview is his who? brother. Have you watched his films? No, who's his brother? Chris Bell. So he made the documentary Bigger, Stronger, Faster about steroids, oh, prescription thugs. Yeah. Which is really, actually, all of his works are really good. Okay. Um, really, really cool dudes. That'll be but somebody else interesting for sure. Super cool. Um, <laughs> but so actually, you know what? While we're on steak and things we like to eat, so in case y'all. Got side railed just like Ashley. And Sorry, I did. yeah, we got we went down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> Pied, Piedmontese is the <laughs> we name forgot of the we were doing a podcast. Yeah, eat it. <laughs> shoot me a DM thanking me, and all will be right. In the you need like a discount code. I know that's you should what my write goals. them and say, hey, like I'm putting this out on a podcast. Do you have a discount code for our listeners? They'd probably be like, hey, idiot, we don't know who you are. Go. What away. do they? No. Do hey, they have an discount Instagram? Discount code Big John Richards. <laughs> Big John Redneck Richards. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah, code um, Redneck. One of the, as we, I don't want to wrap, but we can't leave people here for three hours. So. Yeah, we should wrap pretty soon. But we're not. Who cares? <laughs> um, one of the questions we had is, how do you? I have two fourteen-year-old boys, and they want to gain weight and muscle mass. What would you advise? So, um, okay. So first of all, just on like the nutrition part, um, like I basically put my boys on like my meal plan. What I'm doing. Oh, cool. So they eat bagels, eggs. 
Um, they eat chicken and rice. Mm-hmm. Otto, he's my, um, he just turned eight recently. He's definitely super picky, but um, I basically have my boys eating pretty much the exact same thing. I'll put more like olive oil or like add more fats yeah. to their diet, of course. Um, of course, their serving sizes are a lot different, but um, again, like I think, and, and it's cool to see like they're kind of catching on or like what like they eat every single morning i make my boys um eggs with a bagel it's like exactly what i eat um but i also i created a strength training program a youth strength training program it's a part of my app so Mm -hmm. you have to be a subscriber to my app it's ashley ashley horner dot app and then that that goes to basically my app and you can download it. Um, you have to be a subscriber to my app. You can try it out for seven days for free. But the reason why I wanted to put the youth trainer on there is because like I offer a lot of different training programs like generated towards, well, I guess anybody. Um, but what I was finding is like, I was going to the gym at night, but I was also taking my boys during their off season. And so Mm. I was like, well, if I could get a youth training program on here already, I have so many moms who have kids that are like young teens and like building up, um, and I'm like, well, you like, so both of you guys can work out and do the program together. So it's oh, a very, that's cool. yeah. So it's like a very basic, like strength training program for kids, but definitely during like the off season. Um, if you just, if your boys, girls are interested in weightlifting at all, uh, just to start them. And on the app, I know that you haven't seen this, but every movement has a, like a video demonstration perfect, and it's my boys that are oh, cool. demonstrating it. Yeah. Cause I figured if it's like a youth, if, yeah. if it's somebody in the, like a youth kid yeah. a youth kid i don't know if it's a teenager yeah. doing the program they don't want to see me demoing it right, right. they want to see like somebody their size yeah. and age demoing it that was i how, how old are your kids four and a half four? and three and a half okay so, so i actually um go to a crossfit gym i do my own thing there but uh it's a 24 7 access thing so on certain days like saturdays or sundays if we're just bored or whatever i'll take them there sure i'll attempt to work out it's not important to me if i get the workout in sure. but i'm just teaching them basic movement without yeah. them realizing it Aww. and make it feel like play so my do they oldest, have any of the kids stuff or are you just they using do have like a couple they things. do yeah. it's, it's, they found it by themselves too like i didn't even That's show it so to them cool. they, they got two dumbbells overhead yeah, yeah. but uh like my oldest i was teaching him how to press just the pvc pipe yeah and he gets it and he can squat perfectly sure. I'm like hey buddy so we're gonna press this just count to five and then do some squats, and then you see all those cones over there, sprint down there as fast as you can and bring them back to me and see how mm-hmm. fast you can go. Mm-hmm. And he loved it because mm-hmm. it feels like play. That's what exercise It's like an obstacle be. course. That's yes. what Otto, So Otto's eight, and oh, cool. he still does that. When we go to the gym, oh, yeah. he sets up all, all like basically exactly what you're doing with your boys. Yeah. Now he just adds like a rope swing in there because oh, he jumps cool. on the rope. Yeah. And like, you know, but same thing, like when, when Otto was that age, PVC pipe, yep. like it's literally just the movement. Yeah. And you have to think like your kids are going to want to be like you. They're going to yep. want to be like dad. So yeah. instead of obviously don't give them the barbell, yeah. get like a broomstick or I even think PVC pipes are a little bit better <laughs> yeah. because they can bend a little bit and right. they're lighter even than a a broomstick yeah. and there's on a broom on the end <laughs> so it's symmetrical. yeah so they won't whack you with it but it like my kids just like every other kid run they run around like crazy madmen. Sure. i mean two boys come on it's nuts but so that that being said they're always in motion and always in movement but there was something interesting the first time we did that because he was breathing hard he was sweating and he i think he could feel the structure to it mm. and i'm not kidding you could see the endorphins coming out like you could see his mood pick up when it was yeah. over. He felt very accomplished. Sure. And we are building confidence, right? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage anybody to do that. But what I don't want people to be is these parents who are trying to 
live out their dreams to their kids and sure. like forcing them to do stuff. Yes. I just want yeah. boys to move and have fun. That's mm-hmm. all this is about. Mm-hmm. It, it blows my mind that fist fights break out at Little League games. Like, yeah. come on, y'all, chill. Oh yeah, yeah, it's for disgusting. sure. I um, I I mean, I can attest to that. Even through my like with my fitness, mm-hmm. I was really careful. Because I knew like fitness was my life and I did not want to push it off on my boys and make it their life, you know? So, um, I would say probably even a little bit more so because I'm so much in this industry. Whereas like, I think if I did not have like, if I wasn't so much just like emerged in it, I probably would be like a little bit more like aggressive, like, oh, you know, gotcha. kind of pushing them in yeah, there, like yeah. maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I really wanted them to just kind of explore and yeah. do it on their own. And I didn't want them to feel like, Oh, like this is like, I have to do this. Yeah. And you know, cause after a while it's like, like they won't want to do it on their own ever. If they feel like they're, they're being forced. Yeah, 100%. And, so, um, even on that note, I can't remember if it was with my first or second son, but, Someone back home was like, oh, another Navy SEAL was just born. I was uh, like, oh, boy, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, what I mean there is like, dude, I don't want them feeling like they have to Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think or, that they're going to grow up and want to be SEALs? It wouldn't surprise me. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, if they want to do anything, a special operations, cool, whatever. I don't sure. want them to feel like they have to do it. Sure. Quite frankly, and I'll just peel the curtain back here. I want to set them up for so much, so much success with a life where when they hit the adult age, they have options to go do what they want to do. If they, if I have multiple businesses and they want to get in, in on that, that'll be great. Sure. If they want to go be frogmen, that's just great too. But sure. I want them to be happy and to do what they want to do because that's what they want to do. Sure. They're not trying to win my validation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I haven't even had conversation uh, only in like a jokingly way, but like there's been like no conversations even about like the boys even taking over this Oh, business cool. you know it's yeah. like if, if one of them shows interest in it um then sure like i will explore that with them but um again it's like i want to make sure that they that i am raising them in a way that they are organically and truly who mm. they are finding and themselves finding yeah. themselves and not feeling like um you know, like that they have to do this. Like, sure. Like, this is why I've built what I've built. Mm-hmm. It's all been for them. And yeah, yeah. if they want to come on and, you know, as they get older and this is kind of like where their interest and passion like takes them. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's important that, you know, we, we just allow them to kind of become their own person. Yeah. One day, um, my oldest and I, we were actually both kids were in the car, but they, they both understand Navy SEALs are called frogmen, you know? Yeah. And so my oldest, He'll ask me about when I was a kid and things like that. And he'll ask him about being questions about him being a kid. He goes, so daddy, when I get older, I'll be a frogman too. Cause he thinks it's just like a thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just turn into yeah, a frogman. Yeah, ribbit, ribbit, it's man. like go, go from a tadpole to a frogman. <laughs> yeah. Dad It's like the same thing. Tadpole, so, oh, that's yeah, really cute. That's really cute. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on, like, and doing the podcast with me. Do we have any more, uh, questions? That's it. Those are that is it. And when we got a deep dive, which is really cool. And yeah, we made we organic did. conversation. So I hope the people loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I want to leave you guys with like, I'm trying to think of anything that I'm working on off the cusp of like my next year of being 39. Actually, what? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Okay. To put me back on the spot. Oh, so no. you asked if I had any physical plans for the birthday for my birthday uh-huh. in April. What do you think I should do? Like, oh, yeah. Um, you're going to be turning 34. 34. Hmm. We're going to come, we're going to do another, uh, Y'all can't we're going to do it, another her show. Hands are like rubbing together I am. I'm like, I'm turning. like scheming. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let me think about it. Okay. Let it's me think easy. about it. The 12th of April. Yeah. Um, well, I know you're going to come back on for another podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe we'll do so, it before. Maybe we should after. hear from the listeners. Or what if they never hear from me again because what you had me do made me <laughs> die. <laughs> he never came back. No, I'll have you on before your birthday. Okay. Cool, cool. Um so but like in terms of like anything that I'm doing, um I'm just like I don't know, everything right here like now has just been so busy. Um my manager's about to leave on maternity leave. That's right. To have her baby. It'll be her second one. I'm so so excited, but of course, um kind of like my attention, my physical attention, physical yeah. and my attention is kind of turned back here. I'm still trying to figure out with the gym. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondering if it is a good time to open up the gym right now Oh, because I would be the only one running it. Oh yeah. But I'm also wanting to make sure the brew is right. good. Right. Right. Not to say anything like I have a super, super, super solid team. Um, I just want to make sure that I am, enough for the team that I have. There you go. Instead of yeah. creating something new. Right. Right. So um anyway, so that's just kind of like coming right off of like my birthday. Um I am also too once this podcast launches, I have my whole new um my clothing line, oh. Finish the Fight. Yeah. Werve just launched Finish the Fight. That's kind of the motto that I have and just um I'm gonna jump back in and start my training again to get back on stage. And so Ooh, that's yeah. gonna happen in the next couple weeks. Yeah. So basically finish the fight, finish what I started. Do you know um, when your comp is? It's in August. I so wanna say it's the out. beginning. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna do like a five or a six month oh, cool. prep. I think it's like a five a five month prep. But yeah. Um, gonna get, stay natural. Gonna see yeah. how much muscle I can put on. Like, yeah. so I'm gonna get big. Cool. I'm kind of dreading it. How how long is this hypertrophy cycle gonna be? Hypertrophy is a nerd for big. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> a couple months. But like, oh my gosh, the amount of food that yeah, I have do you know to what eat. Your calories are it's up it's to? about five thousand a day. Yeah, Actually, John, it's so bad. Holy, that's. It's double, like that's double what I, I eat if I'm trying to get lean. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I'm 230 pounds, y'all. She's not. So. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Holy crap. it's really, really uncomfortable. Like I, it's, it's gross. Like oh, I dread, man. like yeah. you couldn't put like mm-hmm. a food in front of me that I'd be like, oh, that looks so good. I would eat it. Like yeah. everything becomes like just a Terrible. chore, oh, chore. It's like I a job. Finish the fight, girl. <laughs> yeah, so. Got nothing for you. <laughs> finish the fight. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining me on my special birthday edition. Thank you, John, <laughs> for coming and being a part of this very, very special edition. We're going to have him back. And thank you guys so much for jo- uh, joining and tuning in and listening to the Reborn podcast today with the Ironclad Network. We will catch you guys next time. Bye. Swallow your pride. There's no way to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we still unbreakable.